Coming up, real estate, AI, blockchain, and a surprise appearance from Bullet, the Aussie Mix Doggo. Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast, where we teach service members, veterans, and their families how to build wealth through personal finance, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. I'm your host, David Perret, and together with my co-host, Alex Felice, we're here to be your no BS guides along the most important mission you'll ever embark on, your finances. Vehicle one, you're clear to depart friendly lines. Roger, Vic one, Oscar Mike. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Military Millionaire Podcast. If you're new here, we have a Facebook group with over 64,000 members, a YouTube channel, and a mastermind group called The War Room. Today's guest is actually a member of The War Room, and the entire goal of this community is to help service members and veterans achieve financial freedom, but also to enjoy the ride along the way. So today's guest is Dean Goggs Valentini, and Dean is currently serving as an active duty Air Force flight test engineer officer with a background in computer and electrical engineering and digital forensics. I don't even know what that means, so we'll probably ask him on the show. Maybe, maybe not. Stay tuned all the way to find out. He began his financial journey to, or his journey to financial freedom in 2017 when he bought a house hack in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Since then, he's acquired two more house hacks in Denver, Colorado, one long-term and one short-term rental. A portfolio of small multifamily properties in Dayton, Ohio, owned and managed with his business partner, Rocky, who's a good friend, and also a War Room member. And he also earned his real estate license in Colorado, where he now helps others build generational wealth through real estate and house hack their way to the financial independence number as a member of the FI team, which is Craig Kirlop and that group out of Colorado. Pretty good group of people. He's an avid technologist, a health and fitness enthusiast. I can attest to that because I tried to keep up with him on a run the other day and, well, I smoked him, but, you know, we'll let him talk to tell that story. Um, he destroyed me, left me behind. In fact, it turned into a walk. But <laughs> um, investor in stocks and crypto and a serial entrepreneur having built several of the businesses along the way. Above all, Goggs is passionate about sharing lessons learned from his journey with the goal of helping others also rapidly achieve financial freedom and reclaim their time, which is why we're going to talk about AI. And right after this, I'm excited to introduce you to Dean, the man, the myth, the legend. Also, it's probably worth noting on this, that this is the first in-person episode ever recorded on matching Sure SM7B podcast microphones. So let me know what you think and leave us a review. Otherwise, you hate people. Me too, but... Leave a review. Five stars. Or not, but if it's not five stars, don't waste your time. Dean, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks, brother. What's going on, Dave? I'm uh, hanging out in the fucking man cave is of, of Hugh is what we're doing. All right, so first question. We're going to dive into kind of current. I'm curious, AI or blockchain, which do you anticipate making a bigger change to the real estate market and why? Who? You know I love both of those. I'm definitely a uh, blockchain bull, um, and I'm all about AI, but... I probably hot take. I think honestly, blockchain, uh, at least in the long term. So they're both. I see them both disrupting the space and making a lot of changes. AI, I think, is more just going to be efficiency and like making things easier and smoother with real estate. I don't think it's going to truly revolutionize the way we do anything. We're just going to be able to do more of it and more quickly. Okay, uh, that's that's my kind of vision. Whereas blockchain, I actually see that changing fundamentally the way we do like a lot of real estate, even transaction level. 
uh, titles, you know, record keeping, county records, all that stuff. Yeah, I would agree with you. I, I, I that was actually kind of where I was wondering if you were going to go with it because my thought is exactly that. Like blockchain potentially going to change the entire title industry, um, a lot of other things that it could potentially change. But then AI is just going to uh, streamline property management and systems and processes and maybe even like rubs for utilities and some other yeah. weird things. But yep. I don't anticipate uh, massive shift in how we do business yeah i don't think i don't think it's going to be as disruptive i think it's just going to increase again like efficiency efficiency speed and just the scale at which we can do things especially things like research market research man already like uh i think um i think deal machine has i think it's called alma they have like an ai basically bot within their within their software um so that's helping a lot with uh, just being able to really scale up and go more in depth, look at way more variables uh, than a human ever could in terms of market research. I like it. Okay, so uh, backstory. Like we've talked, we've shown a little bit of the nerdy side of Dean. Just how do started. we get? Yeah, how do we? How do we get to present day? Like, what got you into real estate? Give us a little bit of your journey. Yeah, so I was born at the ripe young age of zero. So okay. I started there. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, man, I grew up in upstate New York. Went uh, went the engineering route in school, so hence where a lot of the nerdy comes from. Yeah. Uh, you know, computer engineering, electrical engineering, master still has a personality for now though. So uh, that's must that's be a an terrible, elaborate, terrible engineer, elaborate ruse. Actually, <laughs> I worked very hard on on hiding that. So, um, but yeah, went went to school from the engineering front. Um, commissioned to the Air Force right after that. After grad school, uh, been in for about eleven years now, and um, did continued engineering in in the Air Force. I did flight test engineering there. Uh, went to test pilot school as an engineer, as a flight test engineer. Um, so again, just continued the nerdiness. Got to work on all sorts of cool airplanes, weapons, sensors, you name it. Uh, aircraft software, weapon software, all sorts of stuff. So um, then actually right after test pilot school, uh, me, and, me and Rocky, you know Rocky well, uh, we were just having some brown water one day and we're talking about, man, I've been listening to a lot of bigger, bigger pockets recently. And he's like, yeah, me too. And I'm like, yeah, I've been starting to think about getting invest, investing in real estate. And he's like, yeah, me too. And we're like, you want to buy some properties? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And then two months later, we had our first quadplex. So, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, Rocky's a good dude. He's yep. in my, my squad within the war room. Yep, yep. Uh, what caused you to go to Bigger Pockets? That's a great question. I guess nothing – it was a little bit random the way I found it. Um, you know, I, I was interested in investing, interested in building wealth and set myself up for retirement, all that stuff, kind of the basics that I think get a lot of people into that, into real estate, into that line of, um, you know, that line of learning. Uh, but really what just got me started on podcasts in general, which is how I found it, was the, you know, 45 hour, hour drive each way to, to and from work at Edwards mm -hmm. Air Force Base. So that's that was, a long drive. Yeah, it was it's pretty, a lot of podcasts. pretty miserable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. wow. I, I mean, I like a commute. Like right now, I don't <laughs> have a commute. I'm I'm living at my the same property that my office is in. Yep. And I miss like having a commute, but I would never want more than like 25 minutes. Yeah, but you're right. It did let me listen to you know the first 300 bigger pockets episodes in like. Oh, so you heard my episodes? I did. Where I was a rookie. I did. Yeah, yeah. That was a yeah. that was my first podcast ever that's how i discovered dave oh gosh i hope not it was <laughs> terrible um okay so man when you say you went down the like i want financial freedom route mm -hmm. you went like full guru you were like real estate's cool but but bitcoin ai forex no i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah that's right i'll um, give you i'll give you my uh i'll give you my wallet address later everybody perfect. Send, send me yeah. money i'll give you plenty of returns yeah, yeah, don't worry yeah, about yeah. it just yeah. make sure you give me the key as that's, well that's right you know, that that's way right. just for so if you lose it yeah 
in a laptop. Safekeeping. In no, a, totally. You know, la- a landfill somewhere. I can hook you up. Um, okay, so that gets so you have to buy the fourplex, and then you have more than just a fourplex now. So where do we go from there? What's your portfolio look like today? Yeah, so um, that was our first fourplex up in Dayton. We got uh, two more. So we have three fourplexes up there and a duplex. Um, my first, my personal first property actually was before I started listening to Bigger Pockets. So I was not even on the, I call it my accidental house hack. Like I was not even on the, you know, I didn't know what house hacking was. I didn't know what real estate investing was. I had no idea, no financial freedom, dreams, nothing. Um, but I was actually living with a buddy of mine in a room in his house and paying him rent. And I was like, well, shit, if I'm paying his mortgage, like I can do that. So I have a VA loan. I can go do that. So I went and bought one uh, down there in Fort Walton Beach, uh, just regular single family home, rented out a couple of rooms to a couple of buddies I I worked with. And even then almost, almost just paid the, almost the entire mortgage, um, not even really trying. Uh, So it was great. And then now that thing, because it was 2017. So now that thing's cash flowing like a big dog, um, rents 1800 a month and mortgage is still around 900 a month. So for a single family home, not too bad. It's just long-term rents, nothing, nothing crazy, nothing special. Um, and then when I moved to Denver, I got a house hack out there a couple of years ago, uh, moved after about a year and a half, got my second house hack there. Um, so then that's, that's the extent of my portfolio right now. That's awesome. And for the record, for anyone who's listening, house hacking is my absolute favorite way to get into real estate, especially with the VA loan. And, and the two main ways I tell people are like duplex, triplex, fourplex, you live in one unit, you rent the others, which is great. But like for a young single officer, I don't think there's a better move than buying like a really nice house in a really nice area where you know people are going to want to live forever. So it's going to go up in value. Mm-hmm. And you've got like a four or five bedroom house that's gnarly. You could never afford to live there on your own or justify it. And you rent bedrooms yeah. to other single lieutenants and yep. captains. And my buddy Rio did this and he crushed it in San Diego County. And like even, you know, I know I know we're geared towards military here. But like if you're in, if you're a college student, if you're in a college town, if you have a group, if you have a community and network, whether that's military or just, I don't know, your, your freaking yoga class, whatever. And like you have a tenant pool, a great tenant pool. So yeah, do something like that. And in Denver, you know, you're I also prefer, I would have loved to have gotten a duplex or a quad, but just not feasible. And it wouldn't cash flowed in Denver as a house hack or even probably broken even. You can get, depending on the, where rates are at, you can get close, right? But for me, it just made the most sense to, you know, I wanted to maximize my profits. So I got a single family home, like you said. I love so. it. That's great. So decent portfolio. Uh, and you do a little bit of Airbnb now, right? In yeah, your... my, my current house hack. So I live in the basement unit. Um, it does have a walkout entrance, separate entrance. So it's, you know, that's kind of my MO in Denver is find, uh, there's a ton of these floor plans, but just find a home that either has a, a separate entrance into the basement or most of the way these are laid out, you can very easily just add a door or two up, upstairs by the kitchen. Uh, and then the back door, the back entrance will usually go right down into the basement. So that's kind of your quote unquote private entrance for the downstairs mm-hmm. unit. And then you you build a duplex essentially. And then I yep. throw the kitchens in downstairs and that's it. I love it. Yeah, that's a great strategy. Uh, phenomenal. So, all right. So what are you pursuing now? Like what is your, within real estate and or uh, business or, or AI or blockchain or whatever else that you're uh, intrigued about, where are you putting your energy? Yeah, you kind of alluded to it, but too much. So uh, actually, after BPCon this year, <clears throat> me and Rocky, we stayed an extra day and we had a little strategy session for the business. And, you know, we said, hey, we're doing too much. We need to focus. We need to cut out, you know, 80-20 Pareto. Like yep. we need to get rid of the stuff that is not going to be our main focus because it's distracting us and it's diluting our results, really. Yep. So and I think that's 
probably good advice to everybody. I know we're guilty of it. I know, you know, I know you're guilty of it sometimes too. I've seen it firsthand. So we, I think we all yeah. are to an extent, right? So yeah. I think that's good advice for everybody is just like, take a good hard look and say, Hey, is this, is this pursuing or, or not, sorry, is this promoting or detracting from like my number one goal? Mm. Um, and if it's not, maybe, maybe it's something you need to table or, you know, put on the shelf for later or just cut out entirely. Yeah. Or, or offload it if you can, right? If you can delegate it or something, then maybe that. Yeah, it's great, great feedback. I just recently took, uh, I was working with my coach, Matt, and uh, we were looking through like my quarterly goals. And my biggest quarterly goal is to grow the war room to 300 members, double the price, right? And we're looking through everything. And he was just like, dude, like you've got write a book on here. I'm like, yeah, I've been working on it. He's like, stop. You know, well, he didn't say it like that, but he's like, is that going to help you achieve this goal? I was like, not like maybe in the long term yes but not at this quarter and so i cut a bunch of chaff um almost enough that i was like kind of like la 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 la. i don't have anything to do but i'm like oh no i gotta focus like if i really focus on this like i think people misinterpret like that they can kind of do it either way and you're gonna get the same result whether you're working on five things at once and it takes you a total of five months or whether you're working on one thing at once, it'll take me one month each, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's a huge misconception because your focus is diluted, it's diverted, and you're, you're not giving one thing all of your energy and all of your attention. Yeah. So I think, you know, it ends up, t- if you're trying to do five things at once, it ends up taking you, you know, 10 months instead. So I think that's, yeah, I think that's huge. If you, uh, actually, before we go down that rabbit hole, what is the 20% that you guys settled on? Yeah, sorry. You didn't I actually answer, didn't answer your question. question. Man, I have a... That's a good rabbit hole. I have a, a career, career, in, hole, have a career in politics, I guess. You know, I'm just not even coming close to answering <laughs> the know. question. Thanks a lot. Um, I won't name any names because they, they all do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so for us, we, you know, we've been saying for a while and been dig- diving into it for a while, um, acquisition entrepreneurship, or aka buying businesses, right? So we've been saying that for a long time and our... Focus just hasn't reflected it, but then after kind of our little strategy session, we said, all right, it's time to nut up or shut up, mm. and we've been, you know, past couple of months, we've been really- They shut up. Really digging into that. Yeah, we, yeah, we shut up and got to work. That's <laughs> oh, what we did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, fine. Good way to spin that. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's what we really dove into, and, that, and that's, you know, we're, we're not writing off real estate. We're not done, um, but especially right now where- commercial commercial real estate is, is where it is and and that was kind of our next step that we were getting into is scaling up into the larger larger multifamily and that stuff um we said well maybe maybe now is a good time to kind of put that on the back burner and the business buying really fits um our primary goals right now a lot better anyway so yeah i like it yeah i think the business game is is very interesting i'd, I'd love to dive into that at some point for sure but and depending on how you buy you can always get real estate in the transaction. I mean, our friend Marty right now is under contract yep. on an auto repair shop where he's buying all the real estate as well. Yep. So, and that's a, you know, we have a lot of, we have a lot of criteria, um, for our acquisition or business acquisition side. And we have a, you know, a desired and required list and the buying real estate with a business is not required, but it's like just one step below that because yeah. it's it's insanely beneficial if you're yeah. able to pull it off especially with those sba loans yeah i feel like i owe owe him some attentions if you're just tuning in and you're watching the video and you didn't see all the other stuff go on we realized that the room that we're recording in is all motion detectors and we kept having to get up to 
you know, jump in front and tell the camera to or the lights to turn back on. So we were like, what so if we, we just stopped bring... the podcast. We went out, we adopted a dog, and then we brought him back. <laughs> yeah, definitely wasn't a trained puppy that was in the house, and he's just wandering around to keep the lights on for us. So. I, can, I can call him my service dog now. I think he's providing a service. He's so, providing yeah. a service. Yeah. You might as well bring him on an airplane. Make sure you don't the, buy a the seat. service. Might be him unplugging our microphone. I was just saying, yeah. waiting on that. Dog. <laughs> don't don't buy him a seat though. Just let him on the plane and be yeah. like, "It's my service dog." Yep, he's sitting on my lap, and like right next to whoever. Hit him in the face with the tail. Um, all right. So, what got you into wanting to buy businesses? I guess we kind of covered that as far as like the reasons behind it. But like, what was the spark? Similar to bigger pockets, we kind of stumbled on it, um, and then just. The more we learned about it, the more we dug into it. We're like, wow, this really fits again with our, you know, our goals, our criteria for our investments at this stage uh, where we're at. So, I am going to be separating from the Air Force in about a month. Uh, so at the end of the year, and then Anthony's not far behind me. Um, so we both need um, some form of, you know, kind of primary income stream and in, in terms of active income. Um, you know, the the real estate investments are great at this point, but as you know. The cash flow is, at least for the first couple of years, is not huge. So, and then the other benefits of just buying a business in general, a the opportunity, um, you know, there's supposedly the largest wealth transfer in at least our lifetimes coming up here with boomers retiring and closing their businesses or selling their businesses. Um, so that's is just going to be a lot of inventory, and hopefully it'll be a, a you know or is right now a big buyer's market. Um, and a lot of them are just, they don't either don't know they can sell or they don't think they can sell or whatever. So they're just shutting their doors and a lot of small businesses are closing, which is really not good, I think for the country in general. Um, so hopefully we can kind of do a little good as well as, you know, make some money. Yeah. Any specific type of businesses? Yeah. Industries that you're looking for? We're primarily, uh, focused on service, service industry or service businesses. Uh, even more specifically would be home service businesses. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing, like desired service would be probably required, I'd say. We wanted to get something in that realm. Home service would be great because it aligns well with real estate, especially like in the Denver area. You know, yeah. I have my real estate license. I have a lot of connections in the real estate world. It would be nice to have something that aligns well with, with what we're doing and, and what we're familiar with. Yeah, I like that. I think uh, I've been looking at maybe buying a lawn care company mm -hmm. or yep. something that fits. Um, I think for some reason the lawn care one is really interesting to me. Uh, but there's a lot of unique businesses in that world that help you kind of vertically scale. Yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like exactly. Owning a landscaping company is not going to save me a fortune on my real right. estate. It'll save me a little bit of money. But it's also something that's scalable that I know. And, you know, w it will help me with some of my properties. And it would also provide me services for, like, for example, there's a house in my neighborhood where the grass, like, it's in probate. I've been talking to the owner about buying it. But the grass keeps growing up high enough that the city hits on it, and then the city comes through and mows. And the city charges five. It's 250 the first time the city mows, and then 500 a pop after that. Yep. So I'm like, yo, I can, hey, I'll mow your yard every two weeks and keep the city off your back if you give me first right of refusal on this when it comes time to yeah. sell. Yeah. Which is, you know, kind of the angle that I would probably try to work with that with. Yep. So I love it. Yeah, we've, we've looked at a handful of landscaping companies, and actually we... I like not just the, you know, um, neighbor's kid cut your lawn type landscaping companies, but the actual, you know, landscape design. You're talking either xeriscaping, putting in like fancy rock gardens and like actual landscaping, not just mowing grass. Yeah. Those, I think, at least from the ones we've looked at, have been very successful. 
they're in very high demand. They're kind of a write your own ticket, like the turn away customers kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's still the biggest hurdle I'll say for what all the ones we've looked at so far is, is the labor side. Um, that's one of the most complicated problems. Uh, everything else is pretty just cut and dry, like logical for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, but labor is really, I think, in a lot of cases, you know, either finding and or retaining skilled labor or unskilled labor, paying them the right amount, um, keeping them happy, you know, HR, interpersonal stuff. Um, in a lot of businesses, you'll see it's very family heavy. So, you know, maybe the entire staff is family of some sort. Mm. That's a huge red flag, at least to us, because, you know, when they sell. Loyalty. Chances are, yeah, chances are you just lost your entire staff and probably a lot of that uh, tribal knowledge that came with it. Well, I can tell you as somebody who bought a hotel with seven employees and then fired or lost all seven mm-hmm. within like two months mm-hmm. and rehired and then had to do an entire regime change a second time. Uh, losing all your staff is real fun. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Ask, exactly. uh, ask Hugh for more details on that because he was the one boots on the ground at the time while I still lived in California. And I think it was some of his fondest memories. That's why uh, he wants to sell as fast as humanly possible. Oh, I've heard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've heard him tell that. It's yep. like, oh my God. <laughs> yep. um, but we've got it you know, operating now. So like the right people in the seats is great. But um, yeah, I think that's huge. So in that, uh, you know, employees are... I'm going to say this in a way that's going to come off the wrong way, but um, we're, in, we're in a safe space. Very important. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. Like, like it's very important to have the right employees because they make or break. And I lost my train of thought. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, employees. So the whole point there being like if you hire the wrong employees or you have the wrong employees or you train the wrong employees, like I know a lot of business owners who employees are like the bane of their existence. And it's not because people, it's because like finding good people. It's not as easy as you think. I mean, I've been through, I hired the wrong assistant. I hired the wrong virtual assistant. I hired the wrong COO. Uh, I mean, he was good for what I needed him for, but it mm-hmm. wasn't the right, like, long-term play. Um, he's still a friend. Good dude. Uh, and then I've got a good assistant now. I'm not going to, I mean, so far. Um, but it's taken a lot of iterations. Yeah. It's not as easy as I thought it would be. And the night and day difference between an assistant and an assistant is, you know, it's, it's crazy. So with that being said, um, with your statement on the staff and employees and, and family driven and stuff and your love of tech, I'm curious, like, um, you know, I'd imagine you're probably looking for businesses that you can tweak with technology, you know, AI and whatever. That's, that's a huge one. Yep. Yeah. So yep. with technology evolving rapidly and I'm going to grab this and I'll mess this up. I did write down questions. I don't always do that, but I do. I'm getting better. Uh, evolving. Where do you see the biggest impact of AI and blockchain in the real estate sector? Like, I know we talked briefly about it, but like, yeah. what do you, what, what kind of businesses are you like super bullish on in that regard? Oh man. So I think I see that question having two parts and or two answers, I guess. So mm. the biggest, the biggest place we can add value and, and you, you spot on, like we, we are definitely emphasizing companies where we think we can use our unfair advantage, which is again, we're both engineers or both very technically inclined um and we've learned a little bit about like the more of the marketing and sales side which is not something that comes naturally to us so we've had to research that a little bit but with that knowledge in conjunction with all the stuff we know about on the technology and automation side uh we think we can really um again make that like an unfair kind of asymmetric advantage uh that we have that we can implement so we are looking for opportunities to do that and i mean i'll give a very very simple example one example is just i mean any sort of record keeping that's still done on paper, 
anybody who's familiar with business buying has probably heard Cody Sanchez say, like, I look for fax machines because that means they're antiquated and they're not up to date on their technology. Same thing. Like any sort of record keeping, if they don't have a CRM, um, I mean, if they don't have any sort of client outreach or anything engagement like that, um, that's just some people might see that as a red flag. We see it as like a great opportunity because if their business is already doing well with those old or lacking systems in place, then the moment we come in and start to improve that stuff, you know, it's in theory going to skyrocket going to go gangbusters so i like that like fax machines and a lot of the older signals like no crm i'm totally writing that down because that's a really good point as yeah. far as like a super simple way to both to see if they're like your target audience mm-hmm. but i can tell you i ran my platform i didn't so i didn't know that you know when i was building a blog and whatever that this was going to become a brand or a business or whatever i didn't really have any intentions behind it and as it grew and i got to a place where i was actually making revenue from it i'm like oh my god this is awesome and then i was actually in about this time last year i was looking for a new email provider because i was like mailchimp is just not cutting it for what i want to do i was like i should be able to do all these things and it, it would make my life easier and someone turned me on to go high level and so go high level is the you know i know you use it now yeah but we it's use it as well all in one you know and it's the crm integrated it, it's great and I will tell you that I have, I guess, I guess, basically doubled my revenue in the last year, right? Off of having the CRM, and it's it's not even fully where I want it to be. Like mm-hmm. it's still improving, and so it's only going to continue. And I'm not even running ads yet. So, yep. yeah, that's a huge difference. Yeah, it's just some of the things that are other things that are really easy to spot. Go look at their website. A, do they have a website? Mm. A lot of these businesses don't have websites. Right. Some or they're, they're garbage. And they don't have their – You people laugh. or like I'm sure half the people are going to think I'm full of crap right now, but I'm serious. Like you go on the company's website, they don't have their phone number on the website. There's no way to contact them on their website. And I'm, I'm not once. Like we've seen this multiple times as we're reviewing businesses. And we're like, guys – how do you know they're not on Google? They don't have a Google My Business page, yeah, or they huge. do, and they have one star from two, you know, two reviews, two stars, one or three years ago, whatever. Um, they don't have, like we said, they don't have a CRM, or if they do, they don't have an email list, or if they do, they're not sending follow ups, they're not sending like recurring, they're not sending review requests, they're not doing any of the stuff that's all like basic, what I would call very basic marketing, and getting that, like you said, that recurring revenue, that reoccurring revenue. Um, like both of those things are going to, like you said, you saw yours double, like they're going to skyrocket if you're just doing the basics. Um, so those are some of the red flags that, you know, quote unquote red flags for the business. If I was, if I was like consulting for them, yeah. but if we're going to buy them, I think it's a green flag because if they're profitable now, if they're doing well now, just imagine what's going to happen when we start to put in some of these, put some of these things into practice. No, absolutely. Yeah. And, and Google business is huge. People are so, yeah. so much underestimate the value of that and they're like oh yeah cool whatever um yep it is if you understand it such an easy avenue to fix and change yep and such a massive value add as far as if you rank on google like if i type in food near me and you're the first restaurant that comes up there's a really good chance that i'm gonna end up at your place right and that's so i don't remember the statistics off the top of my head but it's like I think it's it's very high. Like it's something like eighty percent of consumers will trust a Google review as much as like a referral from your friend. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that, and this is this goes for like missed calls as well. So if you call a business, and this is part of where we'll tie it all back with AI, but like this is part of where some of the AI and automation or just a good marketing setup comes in. 
is if you miss a call, like again, 70 plus percent of the people who don't get, don't talk to somebody on their first call are going to then just go right down the list to their second person. And their chances are, they're not going to buy from you. If if you don't immediately return their call in some way, shape or form, which could even be by a text message. So Mm -hmm. there's stuff, go high level has this, but like, um, miss call text back. So if you yep. miss a call, it'll automatically send a text that says, hey, sorry, we're on the other line. Sorry, we missed you. What can we help you with? Yeah. And starts like an AI conversation with them and then routes them to either a salesperson, scheduling, whatever. Yeah, so, which is solid. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely a fan of all of the above. Um, and I, I love – so here's another one for you. Um, and we've kind of talked about this, and I'm not going to out myself here, but um, – nah, screw it, I will. Um, so but like pay – pay and invoice collections like the yeah, way that they're taking yep. pay and yep. whether it's automated like recurring great but like the prime example i mentioned lawn care mm-hmm. um i think i've mentioned on the show before but i have a, a a landscaping company that has been mowing the yard at my house since i bought it in july of 21 and 40 dollars a week that's two and a quarter years i've not paid them once and i've tried i've given up on trying but i've tried um and so when i first met the guy you know, I flagged him down the street. He was at the neighbor's house. I'm like, hey, can you mow mine? He's like, yeah. I'm like, what does it cost? 40 Okay, cool. I got everything set up. I'm like, cool. Where do I need to plug in my info to pay you? He's like, oh, just write it on this pad. And he had like a flip-up like notepad yep. thing that just had emails and stuff scribbled on it. And so I scribbled my email on it. And then he emails me an invoice with no address to send a check to, no link to click on, and no contact info. Yep. I don't have any idea what this company's name is what the contact info is because at this point the first like three months to six months I would go out and I would find the guys who were like they'd come into Mo every Wednesday and I'd be like hey I need to pay and they're like oh well you gotta talk to the boss okay great oh yeah we'll have him call you okay great like I guess he doesn't want people to have it okay cool get it um I feel like six months I just gave up I'm like I've never seen this dude they don't email me they they do email me the invoice is unpayable there's no contact info and at this point I'm like look if they want their money they'll they'll get it I probably owe these guys two or three thousand dollars now. I, I've had the exact same thing happen, and that just shows again how common this is. And and I'm sure, uh, presumably, that business is at least still profitable. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't still be in business, yeah. at least not for very long. So, if they're making mistakes like that and they're still profitable, Im- again, imagine what would happen if you just fixed very simple stuff. Yeah, you go in and you say, "Hey, Tracking. everybody's on Stripe yep. auto payments." Yep. You have to cancel your subscription, or even just track it. Because yeah. then they would realize, oh crap, Dave hasn't paid us in two years. So yeah. even tracking it, and then one day the I'm going to get a bill for like better. ten grand, and <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be like, "Yep, I put a lien on my house." Yep, and be like, "Uh, can you prove that I owe you any money? Um, can you take the lien off, please?" Well, I mean, I'll pay them. Um, I'd rather pay them forty dollars a week than yeah. ten thousand dollars a decade. But you know, I mean, if it's going to have to come out like that, it's going to have to come out like that. That's right. Um, so that's a great point. All right, so uh, have you? <laughs> This is just a fun one. Have you dabbled in any virtual real estate? You know, I own some uh, sandbox. Okay. You know, how's that work? Like, how does I don't mess with sandbox work? Oh, it's just like buying any other crypto. You you buy it on a crypto exchange. Um, so I don't remember. I I probably bought that on Coinbase. Honestly, um, I have. Oh, so you didn't even play no, like a virtual game? No, no, no. So that's why I say uh, like I, I didn't I didn't buy any actual virtual land. I just own you know, some sandbox tokens essentially. Oh. So more of an investment than, than like buying virtual worst real virtual real estate investor ever. Good thing. I'm not a virtual real estate agent, <laughs> just a real one. Um, but no, I do. I was going to mention that earlier, actually. I think that is one of the ways. And I didn't, again, I didn't answer your question earlier about, you know, how do you see AI and blockchain revolutionizing some of this stuff? I think on the 
like the blockchain front and this is this really it doesn't have to be blockchain but i think it can be integrated as well is you know you've seen the um the 3d tours right for uh what's the what's the big one um matterport yeah, yeah so yeah, matterport yeah. has yeah. their 3d camera and you can do the 3d tours they're on zillow every, you know every mm-hmm. other house has them now um what i i think where i think we're going is like there's going to be a vr zillow right you put on your vr goggles and now you're actually literally walking through the home and it's not just the still pictures and like the little click to advance tour that's cool it's gonna be you know you're gonna be and i think i heard a rumor that like compass is already kind of going down that road um so i don't think it'll be long before we start to see stuff like that where you go maybe there's like a you know maybe you go into a brokerage and then they have a vr goggle set up so not every home buyer has to have their own set um i do and it's awesome and i love vr games are a ton of fun but most people don't have their own yeah. right so you go into some central location like a brokerage throw the goggles on and they'll say all right what home do you want to see plug it in pull it up and now you're just walking around and that's a much more representative feel than looking at pictures on a computer screen Agreed. anyway so i think you know and, and that's you we can do that now like that that has nothing to do with blockchain mm. uh necessarily but again i think it, it, the way i see blockchain is like there's not a lot we can't do now without it but it's just going to make everything more efficient and better yep. at doing a lot of things like, again, record keeping, um, like especially immutable records. So you talk about property inspections, title, like you said, like that's a big one. You, once it's in there, once it's recorded, you can never go back and change it. So that takes away the like all these fancy title searches and stuff and these lawyers that get involved and try to track down the history of a property. It's like, no, just look back on the blockchain it's there forever. You can't change it. Once it's entered, it's entered. So, yeah, no, that makes sense. That's uh, okay. So, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of bummed that you didn't. I bought uh, is it Upworld? What's the? I can't remember the name of the platform that I was so buying on. It's San- got like a llama as the. Oh, I don't know. Sandbox um, and Decentraland were the two like big ones. Oh, Decentraland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. I don't know why I think it up. Anyway, um, and you like World? I own like probably two grand worth of real estate in there. Yeah. Cause I was screwing around on it and then it was going up and I like sold some properties on it. And like, it was kind of fun. I mean, I completely stopped messing with it. My buddy Dave got pretty into it and he owned a lot of stuff. Um, they're way down. I mean, with the rest of crypto right now, they're way down. So now might be a good time. You know, you go. Hashtag not financial advice. But like, if you're thinking about it, it might not be a good, or it might not be a bad YOLO, time to, to YOLO the, some money in there. To the moon. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, but yeah, AMC. have you seen how much some of the larger companies like Adidas and stuff, like they own massive chunks of the sandbox universe. Interesting. Yeah. I did not know yep. that. Yeah, there's a map. You can just pull up a map online, Google like, I don't know, sandbox company shares or like whatever land. And you'll see there's a map with like the Adidas logo and they own like this much. And then there's a, you know, I don't know, whatever first form owns like this little chunk and like, yeah. So Hmm. it's it's pretty cool. I wonder, you know, it's an interesting, I mean, it's a game, but there's something to it. Well, and they know it's it's advertising dollars, right? Attention is the new, as, as Hormozzi says, like attention is the new resource that everybody wants to capture. It's valid. Everybody's like, Ooh, Adidas. Yeah. So if you're in, you're in sandbox and you're, you're doing your Minecraft crap and you're like, Oh, look, there's a billboard for Adidas. Like product placement interesting so they, they know they're no dummies right That's it's just clever. advertising i didn't in a, think about in it different, in that regard <laughs> in a different uh, medium so. huh yeah all right cool well glad we dug into that all right um some critics argue that technologies like ai and blockchain could lead to a further divide between the rich and the poor in real estate what do you think further divide between the rich and the poor 
I guess help the rich get richer. Type I thing. yeah no I, I got you I. To be rewarded I, a third time, just in case. I appreciate it. I'm a little slow. I don't know. If I know you how noticed. your Air Force yeah. guys are. Yeah, you especially know, you especially officers. officers. Yeah, always, we need we need you engineers. Uh, so dumb. Yeah, we need you to kind of handhold us a little bit. <laughs> Let me get some crayons. Yep. Oh, are you hungry? Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say I I think there's the potential for that in anything. Like people make that argument about everything and. On some extents, they're not wrong. So, like, interest rates going up, yeah, who's going to profit off of that? People who are already well-established and already have a lot of money and assets and resources. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there's the potential for that for sure. Um, but I also – I I prefer, and maybe this is, like, rose-colored glasses, but I think it's at least fairly objective, is I prefer to look at it as, like, almost any other technology we've seen in history. Yeah. So the more we democratize access to stuff and make it accessible to everyone. So, you know, we used to have uh, priests that could only, they were the only ones who could read the Bible and like read books and, and whatever. And then like the commoners, you know, oh, they don't need to read. They don't even know how to read and write. And then once we actually ed- started educating folks, everybody benefited. Mm. Like it advanced us it, technologically. It advanced us just in, I think, general civility and like civilization at, at large got better better quality of life um so i think that's you know i think that's the case for everything and with ai that's one of my favorite things about it and about chat in general is it's like you had like kind of the elite class uh i don't know if everybody anybody's ever referred to like programmers as elite before yep. but like you had the elite class of like programmers and they're the ones who had to go in there and code and actually develop ai so big corporations who could pay for that had it and then people who are were you know software engineers or coders could do that and nobody else could use it now you talk to it like a human that's Mm -hmm. my favorite thing about it they are literally democratizing artificial intelligence to where you and i can go type in hey help me with this you know problem or please help me research this this real estate market and it'll spit out an answer in plain english that we can understand yeah yeah my friend manuj who was uh he spoke to the war room not too long ago yeah has been programming ai stuff for over a decade uh maybe 20 years even uh maybe even longer than that i don't know i mean it's been a minute um and he's a whiz kid but even that was what kind of what he was saying is like i love that it's you know it's easy to use now yeah um yeah it makes for an interesting piece and I, i also think uh you know it depends on how you look at it scarcity or abundance right like it's is it going to create a divide between the masses? Maybe. Is it going to offer a ton of opportunities to poor to get rich? Yeah, exactly. I think so. Exactly. And yep. so people are looking at it as a, you know, uh, oh, it's going to replace jobs at McDonald's or whatever. Okay, yeah, you're right. It absolutely yep. is. So now that you don't have that job, take the tech, find a way to make other people's lives easier and you'll make a lot more money than you were at McDonald's anyway. Right. And, and that, I don't think those opportunities are going to, people think of it as like, Oh, jobs are going away. No, I think jobs are multiplying and, and, and they're solo, changing. solopreneurs. Stuff. Yeah. And they're changing. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Another, another hot take, like I probably won't win any popularity contest with this one, but like minimum wage jobs are not supposed to be a living wage. Yeah. Right. Like I, I'm like hashtag, sorry, not sorry, but what value are you adding to society by flipping burgers? And it's not just McDonald's, but like that type of thing. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's going to essentially bring up the bottom line and elevate everybody. So, yeah, like I could live without McDonald's, 
if every McDonald's worker quit tomorrow, I mean, I don't go to McDonald's to begin with, but like nobody would die, right? There's mm-hmm. other better food out there. It's not going to end society as we know it. Yeah. But, you know, if all the, not to my own horn, but like if all the engineers quit tomorrow, like shit would stop, stop working real quick. Um, air traffic controllers, right? <laughs> like I like to go fly to California, yep. whatever. Be real hard to do that if all your all your pilots, your ATC left, and your even your me- mechanics and stuff like your planes would stop working very quickly. So yeah, I agree. That I think replacing, like you said, freeing up those people's time to now they have a choice: Do I sit on my couch and eat popcorn and get my you know universal basic income, or do I learn something new and learn how to get myself higher earning power with a new skill or a new trade? or something else is going to provide some benefit. So yeah, mm. it's very much victim mentality versus like abundance mentality and like go do go do it, go get it. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Uh all right, so what are some ways that you're currently using AI in your business? Honestly, or life, I guess. Yeah, honestly content is one of the biggest ones. Yeah. Um so I've been trying to leverage it as much as possible for even just that creative spark because I'm not a very creative person mm. and uh you know, it's hard for me sometimes to come up with ideas or figure out like, hey, what do what do people want to know about or want to learn about or hear about? Um, what's interesting? What's useful to people? Um, so that's a that's a big one, and it seems you know it seems silly. It's like that's kind of a tangential thing, but part of our you know part of our goals, one of our main goals, is to help educate others. So that's like that's why that's one of the more important things uh, that we spend time on, and it's also one of the most time-consuming things I spend time on. So that's why I chose to use that as one of the things I pour some focus in on the AI front and learn how to get my time back uh, mm. with that. Other than that, um, I'll say just general organization. So like scheduling, and that's one of the things I was going to say with businesses is that's another huge AI advantage is um, automating and or optimizing your scheduling. Um, you know, so if you have, that's one of the things that AI is really good at is finding patterns and optimization. So if you have all these customer schedules that you want to bring in, plug it all into the system and it'll spit out and, you know, addresses, service appointments, whatever. Okay. Your technician should go follow this path for the most optimal route, save them the most time and, you know, get everybody taken care of on the proper schedule. Um, so stuff like that, uh, with, but with my personal optimizing, my personal calendar, uh, there's a lot of cool tools out there that are essentially AI assistants that will take care of your inbox um, is a big one. I know mine is often very cluttered, so it can start to detect. And there's a little bit of training is not the technically accurate word, but it makes the most sense. So there's a little bit of training that goes into this where you tell it, hey, like I don't care about this email. So anytime it sees that email, it's going to put it in a folder or throw it out or whatever you want it to do with it. Mm. Um, it could auto draft replies to folks. You know, if it detects recurring emails, it knows what to do with them. If you do the same thing with them each time. And that that's a borderline between like AI and automation, but same vein in terms of just making it more efficient. We'll have for to you. talk more offline about yeah, that. One because, yep. I mean, my assistant's yep. awesome, but if I could shave her time down on emails, then that's more stuff she can help me with. hundred percent. So I'd love her to, be able to dig more into the ai space so i need to connect the, well i mean you've met but i need to yeah. have you guys talk at some point yeah so ab- absolutely she's super organized yep. so that'd be awesome uh speaking of um dave bot dave bot is this where yeah. we pull out dave bot we can pull out dave bot. so so he yesterday he made a essentially a deep fake of me and i have not seen it yet so we're gonna rock and roll by the way in the back corner over there is this gentleman named hugh carnahan who 
Uh, Making a lot of noise is what he's doing. Well, I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say, Hugh, you didn't warn us that these were motion detector lights. <laughs> so we kept that's having to why, like That's why jump, bullets down and here. And then we were like, yeah. go get the dog. <laughs> <laughs> he's our, he's our two-second lean solution to fixing the motion lights. We're like, bullet, come yeah. here. And they go back on. Yep. <laughs> so. All right. Yeah, so like Dave said, I, uh, I was kind of just messing around, and I half wanted something interesting for the podcast, and I half wanted to just play with this and see how it works. Um, I'd want so, to play with Dave too. Yeah, we all. He's pretty and, cool. And, and everybody you know wants to play with. We Dave. can make this public, and everybody oh, can play with Dave. Shit. Yeah, I don't want to know what I would say if everybody. Uh, um, all right, so you load it up. Uh, it, uh, it can give you a prompt, so it's saying, "Hey, what's your name?" Okay, put your Dave. name in, and then it's just going to ask you. It basically, it's very simple, and the way we, the way I built this is just pulling in publicly available information. So what I did is I went onto YouTube, I found couple dozen of your videos and there's now on youtube it's really easy you used to have to like run this through another piece of software and get the transcript out but now they're right on youtube so you just click show transcript copy paste all the text throw it in some text documents interesting upload it all and that's what it's again training is not the technically precise word but it's basically trained on your videos and your content what's that uh what's that pornhub tab oh yeah don't worry about that <laughs> <little> guy <laughs> so what's your question for dave bot uh we'll start start off easy because this thing's not like the most sophisticated i I did build it in about 30 minutes yesterday so keep that in mind what is your favorite finance tip all right he's thinking how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if woodchuck could chuck wood that's my next question. This is about the response rate of normal Dave, so that's accurate so far. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boom! Ziggity. All right, say? let's see. And let me know how how read it in your best Dave voice. Ooh, that's I don't think you want me to do that. Uh, <laughs> you can only lisp so hard. <laughs> let me know how accurate this is, or what you would have, what your answer would have been, okay. or if it's at least close. Right? Okay. Here's my favorite finance tip: max out your TSP contributions every year. The TSP is an incredible retirement savings vehicle with super low fees. By consistently maxing it out over your military career, you can build up a sizable nest egg for retirement. Make sure you're invested appropriately for your age and risk tolerance as well. The life cycle funds are simple, set it and forget it approach if you don't want to manage your allocations manually. But the key is to start contributing as much as you can afford as early as possible. The power of compound interest over time is immense. If you're making your TSP a priority throughout your service, you'll be setting yourself up for a comfortable retirement. Yeah, I think that, I mean, that's, I would say step one, that is the very first chapter of my book is about, well, after the intro chapter is about the TSP in chronological order. I didn't even upload your book. You could though. I don't know that I would say that's the most important, but I would say that's a super great way to set your foundation and then go from there. Um, I would say like put as much as you can reasonably into your TSP and then go house hack. Yeah. I think that's huge. That's cool. Immense. Immense. Um, All right. So yeah, and that's, it's bought. like a fun little, you can recreate, you know, any celebrity you want, you can kind of recreate them. So I've seen this done with like Gary Vee. Uh, I was going to make a Brandon bot, you know, mess around mm. with that. So, but. All right. So you are currently transitioning. And I'm going to just leave that with no context. I was going to say, can we clarify out of the no, military and not, not to another gender? What, are, what pronouns did you choose? Uh, not BDE like you. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Uh, what's next after the military? And transitioning out of the military, in case you didn't put that together. Yeah, uh, yeah, more of the same, man. Just being able to focus on the businesses, uh, focus on um, more of you know more of the stuff. I'm not to say I didn't enjoy uh, my time in the military. I did some really cool and really fun stuff, and did feel like I contributed. And yeah, you pulled nine jeans, made a difference. I I did pull at least nine whole G's. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but you know getting into that different stage now and focusing more on like the real estate again uh, educating folks and helping folks get to closer to and achieving financial freedom um so we're going to focus on the business buying like that's really what we're doubling down on um we were trying you know full disclosure we were trying to have uh trying to be closed on a business by the end of this calendar year at this stage probably not going to happen because like i said our, our focus was diluted a little bit for a little while so you know we have we have made awesome progress and learned a ton in along the way um but we just i think we're not as focused and um you know singularly focused as we needed to be to make that happen which we probably could have if we were if we had had our come to jesus moment earlier to be honest mm. but so continuing down that road um yeah enjoying the semi-retired life and and uh yeah right on and now a shameless plug from our sponsor insert some kind of catchy music what's been your experience with the war room oh man the war right he's now our sponsor because he didn't know that he was going to be pitching this the war room's the worst i've got to say no, <laughs> Perfect. Just, kidding. just kidding just kidding and cut yeah delete the entire delete episode. the episode never airing Trash. lost episode um no man you know i love the war room like I it's i wouldn't have asked you yeah that's right yeah i know your audience um <laughs> it's been an amazing community like i i have actually it's the only it's the only mastermind i've been in so far uh, i've never the i was best mastermind the number one of one in. that's what that's, we, right. that's what he meant to that's say right. but we'll i work on his work we'll work on his subtle sales pitch hey, listen we're getting we're getting there <laughs> dave bot would have clarified um we I, I have never had like a strong pull towards that sort of mm. environment before um so i was a little skeptical i was like oh you know whatever masterminds whatever whatever and it's definitely changed my view on that for sure. Good. So, um, this, the sense of community, the resources, um, the motivation. The yeah. The big, big strapping lads. Uh, it's, it's been, there are amazing. women too. There, yeah, there are. Yeah. I met at least one. <laughs> there's may have been a dude in a wig. There's a surprising may ratio, have been a dude in a wig, surprising ratio. When you think that it is all service members or vets, right? So the population of the military that is service members or vets that is females is I don't remember, like 6% might be higher now, but it's like, it's less than 12%. Yeah. And then you factor that and you look at my demographics everywhere and they're 75% male or worse mm-hmm. uh, or, or higher male, right? 75, 80, 85 on, I think one of the platforms. I'm not going to speculate which one I don't remember. Uh, but then you factor how many females are in just the real estate space. And now the right. mastermind is not solely for real estate. It's kind of whole purpose, whatever, but it does skew towards real estate a lot. So when you figure females, in real estate that are service members and veterans, you would think it'd be a pretty small number, but right. it's, it's over or it's 10% plus of the group. If not, if not closer to 15. Yeah. So it's, I'm, I'm, you know, it's pretty good. And frankly, and they're crushing it. I was gonna say, frankly, they're some of the more active and or successful yep. folks in the group. I would say so. the best underwriter in the group is, is Hema. So, um, wow, Dave, I'm right here. Yeah, she doesn't use AI to do the same thing. <laughs> I don't either. Come on. I've never seen you underwrite a deal. I know. I'm Not just, a multi-family. I'm, just, I'm giving you a hard time. I know. Um, Not hard enough. hey That's later. Once you start drinking. <laughs> I, yeah. The editor, you feel free to take that out if you <laughs> feel so inclined. Um, uh, no, you don't have to take that shit out. Who cares? But, okay. So what were we saying? War Room. Yeah, you were talking about how amazing it is, and if I they don't join right now, they're going to miss out because if it goes yeah, to three hundred members, are prices right. are going to double, and we're at two fifty, two fifty one right. today. But yeah, the the accountability is honestly one of the biggest things for me. So the squad calls are like, yeah, 
clutch for that. Yeah, every time and I show up, which is almost never. I was going to say, admittedly, I haven't been making as many as I should be, <laughs> but it is, you know, accountability does work magic. And it, if you guys even have an accountability partner, that's a big step. But like having that group and having that structure of the squads um, and that like just camaraderie and the commonality of the of the military folks, like being yeah. like, not letting your squad mates down is like a big, you know, I yeah. think drive driver for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's huge. All right, so we're going to roll into the debrief, which I have yet to come up with like a cool sound effect for or anything. I, I, I don't know. I have a song. That might be it. No, that will never, ever, <laughs> ever be it. That was. I, I hope I hope these mics picked that up. I'm sure they did. I bet they filtered most of it out. Terrible. These are pretty good. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, you're right. These things only let bullshit through, and he was, he was true. So, mm-hmm. uh, all right, so first thing I do, Question one, I pull something from the Facebook group, usually related to our conversation, or that was the idea when I created this segment. And yep. I haven't changed what that first question is going to be because I can't ever find a good fucking question in the Facebook group that fits what we're talking about. So you need to put it out ahead of time. Your question, I, I, I'm not that organized. I know I need someone else to do all of everything for me. Um, and we're getting there. Amanda's going to start taking all that over. She doesn't know yet. She, she'll learn. She's going to learn today. Um, so the question I found, this relates to your life currently. Um, and it was a really, really in-depth question. You're gonna be super stoked about this. The question is, what is Skillbridge? Question mark. Skillbridge is the greatest boondoggle known to man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's an awesome program. It really is. Um, <laughs> Skill Skillbridge is a great program. Um, it allows transitioning, heh, giggity, service members to essentially intern for free at a company. Um, so like I'm, I'm working for Serenity stays right now, our good friend, Charlie, um, short-term rental property management company. So in theory, you find something in the industry you want to go into intern with them. And, uh, it's up to six months. Most, most of them are not that long anymore. They're kind of, I think they're kind of trying to cut that down, but up to six months, uh, at the end of your service and you still get paid, you're still on active duty and everything. So you're still getting paid by the military, but they essentially let you go work for this company for up to full time for up to six months. And the company gets a good deal because they get free labor. Um, and you get a good deal because you get to learn, you know, get embedded, learn a new skill and, and potentially make some networking and inroads into, into the industry you want to yeah. move into. And you're not just hitting the mark the job market cold with no real world experience, especially for those who've been in for 20 years. It's their only job they've ever known. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think Skillbridge is a phenomenal program. I did yep. it on my way out. Uh, so while that question itself was kind of like, eh, um, it was fitting, right? Yeah. So yep. Skillbridge is phenomenal. You should check it out. Uh, and Charlie is a great human. He's the, uh, for those of you who know about the Military to Agent Facebook group where we're helping service members and vets learn how to get their license for free, that's a, a Charlie beast that he's helped me put together. Yep. So I don't do enough. He'd probably tell you I'm, he's probably like that Dave guy. Yeah, well, that Dave guy was pretty upfront. Yeah. I'm not gonna be able to do spend a lot of time on this, <laughs> and I was right. Um, no, it's it's good. So, question two: What is the dumbest thing you've ever purchased? Getting a little deep with this one. Good alcohol. Oh, so not a singular purchase, obviously, but could be. I just purchased one. He bought the giant uh, bottle jug of, of alcohol. George Louis, King Louis the yeah. 14th or whatever. Yeah. It's like 12 grand that is just sits at bars and they never drink it. Yeah. Um, no man, just alcohol in general. Like, you know, we were talking earlier about stop doing the things that don't move you closer to your goals. That's a big one. Like mm. there is no advantage to 
to drinking. What if? And I'm not like an anti-alcohol person. I like, I've, say, I've, I've, I've drank for I say, years. I definitely right? bought you alcohol. Last yeah, night. we we yeah, right. We were having we were having some beers the other <laughs> a night. Fishbowl, a Jaeger bomb. Yep. So <laughs> some beer skis, not, you know, some homebrew. Not not trying to be a hypocrite or like get up on a high horse, but it's just looking at it objectively, you know. And it can be fun, right? We yep. all, we can all have a good time with it, but man, just try again, trying to look at it from a purely emotionless, objective standpoint. It's like what does it do for you in terms of moving you closer to your goals? So no, I like, I like that answer. So I recently dropped a total satire video that was like the best top five investment service members make. And it counted down as tobacco, yeah. alcohol, tattoos, marrying strippers yep. and Mustang Camaro at, at 25%. 25% interest. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, the last three people I've asked this question to have picked something off that list without knowing yeah. that that was the list. So there you go. So I'm, I'm feel, feel good about my, my choice. Um, Spot on. The one thing that I should have added, added, um, oh, I just dropped like someone, someone gave me a, caffeine. Yeah, that was it. We yeah, were talking caffeine, about it yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Caffeine. <laughs> um, okay. So what about the smartest thing you've ever purchased? Ooh. War Room membership. Oh. Shameless plug. And that's the end of the episode. Drop Thank the you. mic. Yeah. Uh, not, not these because they're expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, just, I mean, any sort of investment in yourself, I think is like, one of is a little cliche, but like one of the best ways you can possibly spend money. Mm, I agree. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, all right. So moving, uh, name a book, a podcast or a resource that made you into either a better leader or investor. Better leader. I feel like mm, people pick the investor one probably more often. So mm. I'm going to go the leadership route. It's because uh, everybody sucks as a leader. The, uh, what? Well, <laughs> I, I mean, everybody's I an agree. amazing leader. I agree. That's it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's not, you know, it's not something that a lot of people think like, oh, leadership, it's, you're born with it, right? No, totally. Yeah. Just total innate. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, so organized. I would say, and it, I mean, it's definitely something I've had to work on very hard and I'm still not very good at it to be honest, but we're, you know, we're trying, um, extreme ownership. Mm. That's been life changing, honestly. Yeah. And in many ways, but leadership is a big one. Yeah. I think, I think that's really, really solid. Like, uh, when you've got an issue, like recognizing like the reason my assistant messed this up is because I either did not train them correctly, yep. did not hold them accountable, or just never gave them guidance on what I expected. Yeah. Um, it it you know, may not. Like that. It, and a lot of people, and I was this way too, when I first started kind of learning about or uh, hearing about or reading that philosophy is I was like very much, oh, well, you can't control everything. Like you can only control yourself kind of, you know, very stoic type attitude which is true to an extent but then my favorite like tweak or saying on that is it may not be your fault but it is your problem yeah it's your responsibility it's your responsibility so even if it's not truly your fault you know like everybody oh everything's your fault everything's your fault it's like well no not necessarily but still you can do something about it so do something about it yeah it's even like to that point right like uh, going through a divorce or or breakup or something like that it's like or obviously there are aspects of this that are my fault or whoever's fault, right? Mm-hmm. It's never completely one-sided or at least it's usually not completely one-sided. But in that, it's like, I went through this terrible thing. You know, woe is me. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened to me. Blah, blah, blah. Like, even if all that's true, like even if the other person did a million terrible things to you and it was an yep. abusive relationship, it was terrible. And then they left you and like, whatever. None of that focus serves you. Yeah. What serves you is the focus of like, what can I do to avoid that next time? That's the, you that's know. the best part. Like that's the that's the victim mentality that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Okay. Great. You lost your job. You got fired. You got replaced by AI. Whatever. Cool. 
what are you going to do yeah, about it? Now what? Like it, that's all that matters moving forward because you you can't change what has happened, what happened in the past, but you can change what happens going forward based on how you react to it. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, someone's listening to the show and they want to make or save more money instead of getting done with the show and consuming another podcast episode mm. or book mm. or whatever. What should they do? What should I, their next? I love it. Be? Yeah. Take action. That's too many people. I think, and myself included, I've been very guilty of this, go to conferences, go to podcasts, sit around, consume, 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 and don't, um, and don't ever put anything into action. So Mm. what's that, man, what's that saying? I'm going to butcher it, but about, um, how do you know when you've learned something? When you can teach it? Uh, Close. When your behavior changes. Okay. If your behavior doesn't change, you haven't learned anything Mm. because if you're not actually doing anything different so it's like me with profit first where i keep moving the stuff yeah. into the account then moving it back out yeah right I need right it. well you you did it you moved it in it's there you did you, <laughs> the, you the, met the intent the profit first expert in the corner over there is smirking because he 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 does it he's way more uh, consistent than i am I, we try to be we're currently bringing, there's money in the profit it. account and the tax account whether it makes it to the end of the month or not <laughs> i also paid myself a salary for the first month ever high five nobody Woo! cares nobody asked um but to answer great. to answer your question, what action? It depends. Standard energy your answer uh, on your goals. But mm. I'd say for most people, the vast majority of people, housing is your number one largest expense. Go house hack. Even if it doesn't cash flow, even if you're still coming out of pocket, like you're still making money. In I, if you can't figure out how to make house hacking make money, please talk to me because like I, I don't know. I'd be willing to bet that I could figure something out for you. And I would love to help do that. Cause like, if you think you can't make it work, there's almost always a way. Um, but you have to look at it from like, I'm paying $2,000 in rent. Now, if I go house hack, I can, uh, maybe I'm paying a thousand dollars towards my mortgage. Cause I'm not able to cover it. Cause rates are 8%. Guess what? You just saved yourself a thousand dollars a month. You're still mm-hmm. paying. You're still coming out of pocket, but you were paying 2000 before. Now you're only paying 1000. Yeah. So, I, I think there are very few cases in which you cannot figure out how to house hack and have it be one of the highest return activities that you could possibly do from an investment standpoint. Yeah, that is awesome. I love it. House hacking is great. All right. Uh, where can people find more about you or reach out to you if they want to contact you? Yeah. Um, pretty trying to be pretty active on Instagram. I would say that's where I post like most of the hopefully educational or helpful stuff. The Dean of Wealth. At the Dean of Wealth. Yep. Um, New name. New name. That's right. Recently changed. Um, other than that, uh, Dean at 18alphainvesting.com. Uh, website 18alphainvesting.com. Uh, or look me up on LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever. Is that alpha spelled out or alpha 18A and you're saying it phonetic? 18alpha investing.com. Boom. Yep. Thank you for the clarification. I don't know what that was a mic drop about, but drop a pen drop. Drop um, a pen. Well, thank you for coming on today. Dude, and thanks for, for having making me. Making me fun. buy my second mic, and actually that's the new one, uh, second mic and, and set up so that I can record in person. Yeah. No, this was a blast. I appreciate it. It's always it's always a lot of fun pontificating with you. And uh, hopefully this wasn't too disjointed for folks. I know we got off on a lot of topics, but hopefully it was interesting. 
that's and that's kind hopefully of how the show rolls yeah so. yeah it'd be good no cool, man. it's good if you uh liked this video do absolutely nothing do not smash the like button do not comment down below do not share it with your friends and definitely don't reach out to dean because any of those might actually help you achieve your goals and we don't want that we want to stay above you <laughs> nailed it <laughs> that's the worst signed off ever <laughs> have a great day